All right, welcome everyone to uh, Iron Supplements. Here we are together again, and I'm going to try to do things a little bit differently today. I'm going to try to do a little bit more of a stream of consciousness kind of approach to my podcast today, mostly because I'm just run out of time to do it, but also because I am just one of these guys who is a perfectionist, and if I don't just try something different, uh, I'm afraid I will just continue to stop recording and continue to re-record and just drag this podcast out beyond um, really what it should uh, take because really what I want to share is pretty straightforward today. Uh, We have been in the middle of a series called Ignite about igniting a passion for God like you've never experienced before in your life, about how to build that fire into a flame for serving God And then how do you keep your passion? How do you keep your fire going? How is it that you can never lack zeal for serving God? And uh, we are wrapping that series up today. And we are going to be talking about one final obstacle that is just the wall. (laughs) It is the wall that will keep you from experiencing this passion for God. And uh, we're going to get right into that in just a moment here on Iron Supplements. So how would you like to be known for all eternity by one little mistake? Like, what if you uh, caught a nickname based on a mistake that you made in your life and it stuck? And you are forever known by your one little mistake. How unfair would that be? Well, there is a brother in uh, the Bible who had that happen to him. We know him as Doubting Thomas. (laughs) What an unfair moniker to be given to anyone. Um, He definitely had a moment of of doubt, a moment where he uh, lacked faith and didn't understand Uh, everything that Jesus had taught him, and it was recorded in the Bible. And because of that one mistake, he is forever known as Doubting Thomas. And how unfair is that? So we know that Thomas um, was one of the 12 apostles. We don't know a whole lot about his story uh, beyond this one little story. And perhaps if we did, maybe we would treat him a little bit more fairly. But he walked with Jesus every day. He was part of the twelve. He was uh, out there serving people. He was out there giving his life in service to God. He uh, was part of the twelve that was sent out uh, to to cast out demons and to heal the sick and to make the blind to see and to share the good news of Jesus Christ and the good news that God loves his people and wants a relationship with them. And, of course... uh, He had this moment after Jesus had died and uh, was put in a tomb um, where he doubted. And he made it known um, that unless he saw the the nail prints in Jesus' hands and uh, felt the, the spear mark in his side, that he wouldn't accept this news that Jesus had risen from the grave. And, uh, of course, 
because of that, uh, when he does come, uh, when Jesus does finally come to him, Jesus gives him the proof that he needs. He says, "Here, put your finger in my scars. Here, touch the the touch my side where the spear uh, pierced me." And then he says to to Thomas, "Stop doubting, and believe." And <laughs> wow, that is an admonition from the Lord that is is very powerful and. When we look at that, we, we say, look at poor Thomas, poor doubting Thomas. He just didn't have enough faith. But what we don't really also do is take on the other apostles who had equal doubts in their minds. I mean, um, in Mark chapter 16, it's recorded where uh, um, Mary comes back from the grave and she shares with the apostles that uh, she had seen Jesus that he was alive, and then they didn't believe it. And uh, then Jesus appears to two of the apostles or two of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. They come back to Jerusalem and they tell the apostles and the disciples that are waiting uh, there, uh, kind of in their unbelief and in their mourning time. And uh, they tell them that they have seen Jesus and they didn't believe. <laughs> and then it says in uh, in Mark chapter 16 verse 14 that Jesus appeared to the 11 as they were eating and he rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So maybe maybe Thomas was treated a little unfairly to be called doubting Thomas. Because the truth is, we all suffer from doubt. There are things that we find just hard to trust in when it comes to our faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, I think that Jesus rightly rebukes his apostles for their lack of faith. And I think it is very important for us to understand the reason why Jesus is harsh on people who doubt. Because we think that doubt is absolutely reasonable. We think that that doubt is a process that comes from uh, being human and our human experiences and things that um, we uh, know to be true based on our physical world, right, in our realities, what we consider realities. And so much of of what God does is beyond our, our, our natural um, experiences. They are supernatural, and so they are very hard to believe in. They're very hard to accept. They're very hard to trust in, uh, especially when they go way outside of what the norm is. And somebody coming back from the grave, that's just not normal. And so it would be very reasonable for someone to experience doubt about a resurrection. And yet Jesus rebuked his apostles for their lack of faith. And we might say, well, that's kind of harsh. That's kind of unreasonable for Jesus to expect that, um, you know, his, his, disciples would just accept that he had been 
raised from the dead. So what do you think it is that Jesus is so um, strong? <laughs> why, do you, why do you think Jesus comes at them so hard when he sees their lack of faith? And I have a strong understanding of what I think this is all about. And I'm about to share that with you in just a moment right here on Iron Supplements. James chapter 1, starting in verse 5, If anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. So this is the final word on our Ignite series. The one thing that will douse your flame, the one thing that will keep you from having fire for God, the one thing that can absolutely squash your enthusiasm is one of Satan's oldest tools. It has been there from the garden where Satan got to Adam and to Eve by causing them to doubt the goodness of God. Doubt is a tool of Satan because it is the antithesis of faith. And faith, faith is our only connection to God. We are saved by grace through faith. Faith is the vehicle that gets us into a right relationship with God. Those who believe are those who are accepted by God. And so if, if you don't believe, if you don't have faith, if, if you are doubting, then you are severing your own relationship with God. Doubt undermines our relationship with God. It corrupts our connection with Him. It undermines the very thing that we need in order to get close to God. And so, it's no wonder that Jesus just kind of goes off on his disciples, his apostles, whenever he sees their lack of faith, because they are there, right there with him when he does these amazing things. They have been there with him to hear his teaching. They have been there with him to see the truth. <laughs> they see it with their very eyes, and yet Satan still has them doubt. How frustrating is that, to have the evidence right in front of your face and still have doubt, and that is the problem of the Christian faith. You see, Satan is so good at undermining our trust in God. But those who trust in God have something that is so valuable and so, is it possible? Is it even possible what Jesus told Thomas to just stop doubting and believe? I mean, we, we read that, uh, you know, from James, what we just read is that the one who doubts is, is unstable, right? They're a double-minded person. They're unstable in all that they do. They're, they're like the, the waves of the seas just tossed back and forth by every wind that blows 
And man, it just, I see this happen so often. I, I, I am so concerned about Christians who get caught up in the messages of the world and they buy into Satan's lies and they listen to Satan's whispers. And they're so easily manipulated because they do not know and trust the truth of God. And they, they, the fact of the matter is that we have a kind of a conundrum because the scripture is full of things that we can hardly doubt, right? I mean, even scholars, even uh, people who don't necessarily believe in or, or have faith in God, who maybe don't even believe that there is a God, they look at the Bible and they look at the truths within it. And, and even though they are a secular and they're coming at it from a secular perspective, they look at the Bible and they see the beauty of it. They see the truths that are there. And historians and archaeologists uh, use the, the factual basis of history that is within the Bible. And uh, they consider the Bible to be a very historically accurate um, depiction of, of what has happened. And archaeologists go back and they use the Bible to identify places that they uncover because it is just so reliable. And so you have so much in the Bible that is just so reliable. Uh, so many things that you can just, you, you, you just can hardly doubt it, right? How could you possibly doubt these truths? Because we know that they are right. And yet there are some things in the Bible that just go beyond um, what we normally experience, the human experience that it's really hard to believe because they're miraculous and they're supernatural and they're strange, like a donkey talking to its owner. And, um, and so the Bible also contains these stories that you can hardly accept to be true. And so we're caught between these two two realities in the Bible between the things that we can hardly dispute and then the things that we can hardly believe. And Jesus just simply asks us to bridge that gap with faith, with trust. What he's saying is that there is enough there is enough evidence, there is enough truth out there that if you are just awake to it, if you're just accepting of it, if you can just see the truth of the way that the universe really works, you will see that it all fits within the design of God. It all, is, it all fits in the structure of creation. It all fits in the structure of the supernatural, that we are spiritual beings as well as physical beings. And if you could just accept that in faith, and trust, not blind faith, but based upon the things that you know that you can hardly dispute. If you can just take your trust in the things that you know to be true and just discard with all of the things that you feel are outside of that, if you could just take the, the bridge of faith and then you can trust in those things that you can hardly believe. And that is the difference. Faith is the difference between those who are tossed back and forth by every wind that blows 
who are unstable in all that they do, and those who have a passion for God, those who have an ongoing fire for Him, those who have a stable relationship, and let God fill them, and let God energize them, and let God uh, heal their brokenness, and heal their relationships that are estranged. And if we can just accept the goodness that comes from the Word of God in faith, rather than in doubt, God can do amazing things. And perhaps we would see more of the miraculous if we just accepted in faith that God is able to do immeasurably more than all that we could ask or imagine, and that He is willing to do so in our lives. No, doubt will corrupt your relationship with God. Doubt will destroy any energy that you have going in a positive direction. And that's why Satan wants to use doubt against you. And so I just will say, stop doubting and believe there is enough truth in this world. There's enough evidence in this world to show that the truth of God is the truth, that Jesus is the truth. So do not stay in your doubt. Find the answers. Find the truth. Be absolutely questioning, but find the answers. Do not allow Satan to keep you in your doubt. And that's the final word on how to keep your faith and your fire for God going. Well, my brothers, I just want to thank you for joining me in this series called Ignite. I pray that that you are just building your passion for God. I pray that God is working on that fire within you, that that you'll continue to fan it into flame, the, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit that's at work within you. You do that through serving, through finding a ministry, finding a passion to, to see people and to share your story with them, to share your testimony with them. Nothing will get you on fire for God like that. And then just, just recognize that the one tool that Satan is going to use to try to put out your fire is doubt. And there is enough evidence in this world. If you're open to, to see it, and if you're open to the possibilities of something supernatural, that God is evident, that His ways are perfect, that he is truth and you can take it to the bank it is something that you can put your complete trust and faith in and when you do you'll never be lacking in zeal if you can just stop doubting and believe well satan will be on the run and you'll never lack for fire in your life Thanks again for joining me. We'll catch up next time on Iron Supplements.